by alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of Minneapolis City SC, welcoming you to the new normal, your only source of joy in these unprecedented times. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, a full 20 seconds of sudsy, thorough, and vigorous hand-washing. It's John Bizworm. John, how was your 4th of July weekend, my friend? Did you did your rockets red glare? <laughs> There's so much to unpack in there, Nate. Like uh, <laughs> your own, your only source source of joy. I highly doubt that. Um, no, hey man, my Fourth of July was great. I, uh, I I went across the border and bought some illegal, brought some bootlegs, some fireworks in from Wisconsin, and had quite the show in my uh, in my neighborhood for uh, for the folks. Oh, <laughs> so I uh, didn't blow a hand off. I don't look like Jason Pierre Paul. So I'm good. Uh, All right. But yeah, it was a good time. I, uh, I I put a joke out on Twitter that I ran eight and a half miles so I could eat eight and a half hot dogs. Uh, I didn't quite get to eight and a half hot dogs, but I got to six. Oh, that's not Joey Chestnut numbers, man. No. And then I'm, you know, I'm watching the replay of the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. And I'm thinking like how I feel after six and how that guy must feel after 47. Like, what is the sh- what is the shit like that he takes when he gets home from that contest? <laughs> like, how how do you put your body through that? But anyways, no. Fourth of July was it's great. best not to think about it, man. Yeah, it's best not well, to. If, yeah. if, it felt really good to uh, to reboot the show uh, last week, so we're definitely over the moon this week to be able to uh, do this again. Speaking of things that are back, the MLS is back. We'll cover that tonight. Um, because really, should it be? Yeah, question mark. And we've got a great <laughs> guest this week. One that one that we had planned before, but we couldn't. Uh, you know, we had to take a break. So it's great to uh, great to have him on. The brain behind the lower league E Cup. His name is Mister Joe Meyer. So let's get after it, Nate. So the MLS the MLS is back. Question mark. After starting the season, two league matches in MLS decided, like most sports leagues, let's call it quits because of the COVID until further notice um, on March 12th. Then there was a few Mm -hmm. pushback dates until finally on May 1st, the decision was made that it was clear for players to start training. And thus MLS is back. The tournament was conceived. Horrible name (laughs) on uh, June 24th. Pretty, pretty, not super creative. Yeah, really phoned that one in. They must have furloughed the creative department. And they're like, what are we going to call it? MLS is back. Let's do it. Uh, So on June 24th, it was their opportunity to try to save some face in the league's 25th anniversary season. Being the 25th anniversary season, I totally understand why they're trying to force us back. But uh, everyone will be placed inside a bubble in Florida at Disney. Again, a terrible decision. Probably is equal to the MLS's back naming um, for the lead up and duration of the tournament. So they're basically, Nate, and anyone who's listening, placing everyone into a quarantine zone and trying to pull off something. So the format, the format is is as such, according to the league's website. So teams may begin traveling to Florida on June 24th. So right off the bat, you can come to Florida though. They must arrive no later than seven days prior to their first match. They got to get there a week before their first match, which begins uh, tomorrow. So uh, the eighth, if you're, if you're listening, Mm -hmm. So the tournament is planned to feature 54 matches played over 26 days. That's before what we find out a little bit later here in our discussion, all taking place behind closed doors without spectators at the ESPN worldwide of sports complex in Baylor. Been there. It's fucking massive. It's like 40 soccer fields. It's huge. It's like, it's like baseball, soccer, football fields. Um, They have a whole basketball complex, which is where the NBA is going to be. But anyways, 
26 teams are then split into six groups based on their conference with one group containing six teams and five containing four teams. No idea how they figured that one out, but again, it's the MLS. Each team will play three group matches and then the result will count towards the 2020 MLS regular season standings. The MLS is back. Tournament champions will qualify. This is where it gets interesting, Nate. This is where they arbitrarily just made shit up. The MLS is back. Tournament champion will qualify for the 2020 CONCACAF Champions League. As a one-time change, this berth will replace the one normally rewarded to the regular season conference champion that did not win the Supporters' Shield. The berth will be awarded regardless of whether the champion is from the United States or Canada. And should the winners be from Canada, they will still participate in the 2020 Canada Championship. Didn't know that was a thing. And here you go, Nate. The tournament will also feature a $1.1 million prize pool for players to earn additional bonuses. Okay. So there you go. So the players, players probably negotiated that because they wanted to get paid. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Until they got there. So following the tournament, MLS regular season will resume with a revised schedule concluding with the playoffs and MLS cup 2020. I don't know what that means. So I'm going to start there. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought MLS is back was basically how you finish the 2020 regular season. But from what I'm reading here is that this is just like a way to kind of like force soccer back. And then we may pick this back up again later on in the year, um, which would mean the winter, which would mean people in Minnesota have to go to soccer games in the winter. Talk about social distancing. No one's going to go to those games. Um, I don't quite get that one. Are, Are you picking up some weirdness there? Like I am. Uh, I feel like their plan is like this, this tournament doubles as the preseason, but also the regular season because of the matches count. Um, And is also, also a way for them to hopefully keep people healthy um, as it starts up again and and not get COVID. But as we know, that might not be working out very well. Well, So here's the thing, like they're basically saying from what I'm reading here is they're saying is like, If we get through this tournament, we're gonna we're gonna send everyone back home, and then everything will be fine. And then we're going to reboot the regular season. Mm-hmm. Like that makes that makes less sense than MLS is back as calling the tournament. Like yeah, I <laughs> like it's back, baby. So you, that's all you need to know. You, no questions. No, yeah, we're back, baby. No questions. That's what they should have called the tournament. No questions. Stop asking questions. Stop asking questions, Soccer Cup 2020. Um, so basically, at the time, it was exciting news. It was on the heels of certain European leagues starting uh, starting out that, uh, you know, now our top domestic league was following suit. One would think locally that our little slice of the soccer pie was fast to follow. Well, that did not, yeah. come, that did not come true. We, I mean, we, were, we both talked about it. We were hoping that would be the thing. Um, and now we're seeing that it may not even have been the most uh, for MLS to get going again. Yeah. I mean, I think what happens is you get to this point where all the professional leagues realize there's, they're going to lose their TV money. Right. If, if, if they don't get, if they don't, right. Like if they don't get, and that's the big source of their cash is like, if they don't get a product on the field and get the broadcasters up in the booths, and get this shit on TV and start getting those TV commercials flowing. Like they're going to lose a bunch of money. And it happened with hockey, basketball, everyone, right? Got to figure out how to get our money back. Um, the, the difference is, I think, on May 1st, when it's clear that we'd been shut down for a while and that Europe was kind of getting their shit together and, you know, the Bundesliga was going to start up again. We had Premier League date getting ready to get announced. <laughs> it didn't feel like a bad call. At the ball but we as, the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, like as we're and we're like, okay, we're we we might have this figured out, and sports might have this figured out, and Europe's going to figure it out first, and we'll be able to follow their model. But like, as we're watching COVID pick up steam across the South, Florida especially, uh, the United States definitely did not take any cues from the rest of the world as far as how to control the coronavirus. It's definitely starting to look like the league needs to call an audible and figure out how they can get this season off the ground without another. Yeah. Without two killing, dozen players getting sick without killing people potentially just like, like please yeah exactly like, like that's that's what people are losing sight of like this thing is so weird and from a virus perspective like we're, we're still finding out new things like almost like weekly or daily every other day yep and like what 
anyways you just don't you just don't know who, who's going to be susceptible right exactly you don't know how they're going to be susceptible so the most important thing on everyone's mind was how they were going to work how this is all going to work when it comes to covid so major league soccer on their website also announced that there would be a medical protocol in consulting with experts to be used for the tournament to ensure the health and safety of players coaches officials and staff this includes testing for covid prior to and throughout the tournament wearing face coverings or masks social distancing to prevent an outbreak of covid 19 from occurring no pun no joke intended there um players and staff uh, who are deemed high-risk individuals will not be permitted, uh, permitted to attend the tournament unless medically cleared. Anyone testing positive for COVID-19, they'll be required to isolate under a strict and detailed protocol to prevent transmission. What I'm reading here, Nate, is that there was a, there actually sounded like a solid plan to keep the virus out of the mm -hmm. bubble, uh, to create yep. a safe, the safe place to play, which the only way this works is if there's a safe place to play. But that isn't the case now, is it, Nate? No, no, three, no, not at all. Uh, the bubble has been the bubble has been compromised, John. Uh, so we all we knew right away that three players from two teams had had tested positive uh, in the bubble, the bubble, and then Nashville rolled in with at least five people already positive, and I think a, a sixth has gotten positive has been positive, or two more have positive has been have been tested positive since. And this so point, that's bad news. At this point, it's more than one. That's all you need. Yep. <laughs> yep. And um, players from Vancouver and Colorado and Toronto, they've all had they've all had their own scares, but no positive tests once they got to to Florida. But the big news, the big news is that Dallas is out out of the tournament, withdrawn from the tournament by the by the MLS um, after 10 of their players tested positive. That feels like a lot. Yeah, that feels like a lot. And it was after they all got there. So there's, is there, was there a, was there a chink in the armor? Like what, as far as like the testing process goes, where like possibly 10 people were just shuffled in, but also. Yeah, did they all show up sick? Yeah. Or did, was did the testing fall down before they left and it came back negative and then they were actually positive before they went in. So is there a testing mm -hmm. problem? But here's the thing, Nate, they're not the only people in the bubble. People in the bubble are like the people who are preparing their food and the the, elect yeah. the electricians and the people who are doing the groundskeeping. Like there's more than just soccer people there and they're coming and going freely. So of course, unless you completely lock this down, it's not going to work. What I've also been told- no, and I believe that those people are getting tested, but I, it's not some of it's just scanning and it's not all like, daily testing, weekly testing, but they're all going home. They're all right. going out and about their lives. And, and it, Florida is yeah. a goddamn mess right now. Yeah. So like also too, with, with the whole like furlough thing, like I know from talking to some people with connections to, to the, the world of Disney that like, like more than a third of the staff that, that operate these areas of, of the complex have been let go. So they're also operating off of less staff that's working mm -hmm. extra hard. And some of the things that I, I was told were like standard within the bubble as far as like getting food delivered and getting your rooms clean. Like that shit's on delay because there's less people to do it now because Disney has let go staff. So there's also that weirdness uh, in there. Not great. Yeah, not great. So now we're at the point where there's a full team removed from the tournament because the virus is spreading beyond control within that group. And there's an increasing number of players on other teams also getting it. Is this the point, Nate, where we say like 10, 15 more positive cases away from just saying, you know what, it's not worth it. Like, yes, it'll be a huge financial hit, but can we save some face by saying MLS is not back? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, MLS is not back is probably not the headline that they want to see after their MLS is back tournament. Um, you'd hope that we'd be able to, that they'd be able to, um, I don't know, at least look, look honestly at the situation, but the conditions in, uh, in which Don Garber said that he would call it off are kind of unclear. Like right now he's saying that like all those it, Dallas positives, <laughs> all the other positives are proof that their safety protocols are working. So wait, 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 20, wait. Like I said, two, that makes no yeah, sense. hey, we caught him. We caught him. 
and they're out, right? Uh, but got, with all, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, with all of these players arriving in the bubble, with all the workers coming in and out, um, interacting uh, in, within Florida at large, like it, it might not be clear until one or two games in if there really are going to be any more clues or any more clubs, I'm sorry, that, that are going to, that are going to have and, and spread coronavirus all over this tournament. And, and by then it's, it's going to be really too late and it's going to be, it's going to be nuts. So. And the NBA hasn't even got... gotten there yet. The NBA... Oh, the NBA is going to go down there and start because the NBA already has, had yeah. it, has had its problems at the start of the outbreak. Right. And also the NBA has had troubles like pre going to, to Disney. Like, exactly. Like the Milwaukee Bucks who I follow, who I think are going to win the turn the championship this year. Anyways. Oh. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So they they closed their practice facility after their last test before leaving came back with some inconsistencies. They said, which who knows what the hell that means. But I mean, someone in, within the facility tested positive before they even left. So then it's like now yeah. what? So they shut their their thing down. So now you're looking at two professional leagues inside of bubbles in the same area of the state that is just running roughshod on on positive tests right now, like. What a terrible idea this is. I mean, you look at, yeah. but then you look at the ladies' side out in Utah, and they have eight teams, less teams, and they're that 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 that's going swimmingly, perfectly fine. Like, have you heard of any tests that were that came out of the women's, um, the women's version of this since they started like, like two weeks ago? Exactly. No. Like, it's just, I mean. At some point, the safety of the people that are involved that you make your money off of the backs of has to be considered here, right? Like they talk about players who have pre-existing conditions or who are at risk. You look at like someone like Matt Lampson, who played for Minnesota United, a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. I believe he's, I, I, I may be just totally making this up, but I think he is there. I'm not a hundred. He's got to be at risk. But yeah, he's some, a, and some some players have just said, "I'm staying home." Like uh, Vela is is home in L.A. because his wife is expecting. Last thing he needs to do is come back and forth with coronavirus. Right. Exactly. And same with someone who's a cancer survivor, or you know, th there's been some like like people like Ike Opara. There was um, Tucson Tucson Ricketts from Vancouver who were just kind of vaguely said like pre-existing pre-existing reason why they can't be there or they were sent home and, and it's it's so vague i mean you can't really get in because of hippo stuff right like say one of those guys has a heart condition but they can still play <clears throat> you can't like release that info out to the public <clears throat> right but i don't know man it's it's weird i think it it'll the truth will be told after next week i think once the first round of games start and the players start to cohabitate in the space you might see yep. things spike again because it clearly hasn't worked, even though the almighty Don says it has. We we kind of hoped, John, that this would be the start of soccer uh, here in in Minneapolis ramping up too. like, oh, take a cue from the MLS. If everything works for them, um, maybe some of those protocols can get handed down. Um, but they have decided to isolate themselves and turn themselves into a a, a science experiment, a sports science experiment. Mm -hmm. So what's Minneapolis City going to, I mean, what does this mean for Minneapolis City who said that they would announce, um, you know, that we've been kind of pushing the date out, announcing in, in May that the decision would be, made, would be made in June based on local officials. Um, a decision in June uh, not not coming meant that we pushed that out to July. And now that date's coming up. Like what what's on the horizon for Minneapolis City? Will we see City play some soccer? I know someone asked that on, on Twitter this year. Is this something we're going to see, or is it something we just started? Got to say sorry. We'll see you next year. Well, I mean, there's a couple different ways to slice it here. So, first and foremost, like safety, clearly, because we don't have the budgets of these larger leagues to be like testing guys every other day or even at all, mm -hmm. right? Like, like right. we're we're at a level of sports in America where if if someone was sick, we'd be like, you have to go to the free testing area and hopefully like get a test. You know what I mean? Like we can't just be like, Hey, yeah. we, we have a whole box full and someone's desk drawer, you know, like it's just not possible for us. So the safety piece is huge. Um, you know, on the other side of things, you know, a lot of our guys are involved in, in coaching club soccer, um, including our, our coaching staff members. <clears throat> and they all have like the safe return to play guidelines. So there's some things that we can do to get the guys back playing again. 
Um, and we're exploring some options for some stuff in August and September, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's all up in the air and we haven't made the decision yet on, on what we're going to do. But like we were talking in our, our last management call um, this week of like, so there's, there's two sides of the coin. Everyone wants to play soccer again. Like I want to get back out there, be around the, be around the team. Like just, I miss the butterflies of like hitting, hitting record on the, uh, <clears throat> on the stream with Nordo or you, whoever's in the booth with me. And like, you know, I, I miss that, that part of things. Um, the players want to get back at, you know, and running out on the field and, and just being together. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. But what if, what if we get the guys together, we, we follow whatever we can do to make them safe and it still isn't good enough. And someone like drastically gets like medically really hurt by the virus. And we're mm-hmm. then, we're the source of it, right? And we're not dealing with professional athletes here. We're dealing with guys with families, day jobs, student athletes. Like it's just, it can be a huge problem, you know? And, and no, one yeah. wants, no one wants to think about the negatives, but you kind of have to in order to make a good decision. So I, I believe the, the next date is July 15th is when the club was going to kind of re-examine things. And we're continuing to, to start doing that. But um, the, the, the resounding response to should we get back and play again was yes, 100% by all the in-town players that aren't going to be going to college in the fall. So we, we've, we've talked, communicated to the players that we're, we'd, we'd like to try. Um, what that means, we don't quite know yet. But the first thing we need to do is, is gauge interest. And it's been it's been positive. So I think we're going to go from there right. and we're going to make some decisions by the 15th. And then uh, if it's game on, it's game on. And if not, then it's, we'll see you in 2021. And we, and we have to be okay with that. Yeah. Well, um, not a lot of, it's not, there's no easy decision here. No, so, there is um, none. What, you know, hopefully I, I, I trust the club to, to make the right decision for for the players. And, um, and the players first, right? You know, it's not like the club is miss. I mean, we're already kind of missing out on on the game day revenue anyway. That's pretty much out the window. So, what are you going to do? We're not missing <coughs> on TV contracts, that sort of thing. So, it's really got to be about uh, preserving the the player base and talent across across Minnesota. So, but if you have a TV contract that we can miss that we can pick up again in twenty twenty one, we'd be happy. Yeah, to talk let to us you. know. We more than happy. <laughs> more than happy. <laughs> It's a good plug. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the, the, the main thing, like you said, is, is the safety piece. But at this point, Nate, like, like I said, we all want to play again. We want to watch soccer again, whether we can do it on a stream of Minneapolis City playing and not in person because of restrictions, regardless of that. Right, right. Um, but we also have to think of, like, are we really missing anything if everything else is kind of coming back and shitty, <laughs> you know, or not yeah, coming like, back at all? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll see. But yeah. We're trying to stay positive. So news of a decision will be coming out soon. We noted on last week's show that it seemed like yesterday that we were having a ball working the play-by-play for the lower league E-Cup. Our boy Jonah Garcia ran roughshod all the way through to the final. And John ran roughshod through a couple five cases of Summit Cabin Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, you know, we had to take a break. And before that, we had been planning on speaking to our guests this week uh, to talk all things about lower league E Cup, and now we finally have that chance. Please welcome the pres- the president and founder of the lower league E Cup, the one and only Mr. Joe Meyer. Joe, how are you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm doing great. Pleasure being on. This is very cool to finally uh, to finally have you here. Uh, we ask all our guests when they join us. Uh, to give us a little bit of background info so the listeners can get a chance to know you. So, Joe, tell us your story, man. Where are you from? Uh, what's your background? What are you doing right now? Is soccer like a have, is soccer a big part of your life? Is video gaming a big part of your life? How did it, how, you know what uh, what brings you to the lower league E Cup uh, ideation and ultimately here to the People's Pitch? Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot, a lot in that question, but yeah, my name's my name's Joe Meyer, uh, founder and president of the E Cup. I'm 18 years old and actually just heading into my freshman year of college uh, as a high school senior when this whole thing went down. Um, Crazy. A, a lo- yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people want to know my soccer background, and what I tell them is that I don't have a soccer background. 
Uh, personally, I played I'm with you. I played four sports growing up, and and although soccer was my first thing, I kind of ditched it for baseball. Uh, it was just like that was the thing back then. Uh, also played basketball, um, playing volleyball in college, which may be a weird one depending on uh, where in the country you are. Totally different mm-hmm. perspective depending on where. I don't know if it's big out in Minnesota, um, but yeah, playing playing D three next year. In terms of soccer, like up until last year, really, I was always a, a stereotypical like American tune in every four years for the World Cup type of guy. My only real memories from watching in my childhood was uh, Donovan's goal in 2010. I kind of remember parts of 2014 and the women's tournament in 15. Um, my only soccer playing accomplishment is that in my last eight uh, U rec soccer game ever, I scored a red trick <laughs> and scored a hat, tr- hat trick and got a red card. Um, the, hat, nice. the, hat <laughs> trick, the hat trick is cool and all, but I'm just so proud of the red card to this day, just because of how like ridiculously hard it is to get a red card in eight U rec soccer. Like, I don't remember what I did, but I love your, I love your slip up though. I mean, that's a cool way to call It's a red trick. Yeah, it's a red trick. <laughs> <laughs> my buddies and i used to call that the devil's hard hat yeah <laughs> joe where uh where are you where are you going to school where are you heading after school uh baldwin wallace it's it's in the cleveland suburbs type area uh sports sports management guy nice. um sweet yeah yeah but after after 10 years or so of not really caring that much about soccer I kind of got into it again last year. Actually, it was a, a YouTube video on AFC Wimbledon and just the story of how that club kind of brought itself up. And I was just always attracted to that uncorporate grassroots model of things, um, something yeah. you really can't find in American sports. And, and I, I got hooked from there on. Uh, I remember the first game I ever watched, they beat West Ham the FA Cup. And fr- from there, I just grew closer i started trying to find out more about the lower league community in the u.s uh, i followed the, the npsl season pretty closely last year i even remember watching you guys play at uh keyworth in the the regional tournament uh, oh yeah yeah personally i don't have a lower league club um i live 90 minutes away from the closest one uh the albany area just happens to be the largest area in the country without an npsl or pro team and which is disappointing to say the least, but I mean, that's, that's my soccer background is as little of it, as little of it as I have. Well, now you have a, a lower league team you can follow in us. So oh. there, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you were, so you were just sitting uh, around home one COVID news filled day and you thought to yourself, you know what we need, we need a FIFA tournament with a hundred teams across three platforms. So how, how did, how did the lower league <laughs> cup kind of all come about? And I mean, and, and, you know, before you start, you totally nailed it, man. I, you brought something that I think a lot of people really needed and in bringing the community together for that, that cup. So definitely hats off to you. But how, how the hell did this all start? Yeah, yeah. First of all, thank you. You know, I really appreciate it. I mean, that's exactly kind of what I was going for and kind of what this event's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a, a huge competitive uh professional level FIFA tournament to for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge sports fan in general. So like losing sports and those first few nights without, uh, sports were just like, what do I do now? Uh, there was no, I, like I'll watch that random pac 12 football game at like one o'clock in the morning. I don't care. <laughs> um, but I think you hit the nail on the head with just like randomly sitting at home one day, deciding to put this thing out on Twitter. Cause like, even going back, I can't find a moment where I was like, hey, let's let's put together esports and gaming because I've never been a, a gamer. I've never really watched it. I, I have respect for the guys who can do it at like an insanely world class level, but it just wasn't my cup of tea necessarily before this whole thing. Um, and one day, like just randomly threw it out on Twitter one morning, I think, uh, you know, just the, the with the grassroots nature of lower league soccer, like I recognized it as an opportunity to just get myself into the to the industry and the sports industry. Uh, I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm a sports management major going to college, and, and lower league soccer is the, really the only place 
that you can get in on, on the ground level and actually do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but, but anyways, I threw it out on Twitter, uh, followed a bunch of clubs and, and started just spamming lower league soccer Twitter with tweets. <laughs> uh, and, and within a few hours, there were, there were a few people interested in joining. And from there, it was just getting ourselves out on social media, marketing, and, and really focusing on creating an opportunity for clubs to engage with their fans, uh, create something that brings the lower league soccer to com- community together, let clubs come up with some content. And even for the ones like you guys who were, who were able to start bringing some revenue off of these streams. Mm-hmm. So I never actually sent an email to a club or message asking them to join. People just kind of saw the thing on Twitter and with nothing else to do, they just absolutely <laughs> took a shot. The... So they, they... Yeah. It, yeah. Go ahead. It, it seems like it was very much like a, like a field of dreams. If you build it, they will come type model. I mean, once you opened it up, the kind of like it, it maybe it started off slow in the first couple of days, but I think the floodgates finally opened. Did you have any doubt at any time where you were like, what, this isn't going to really work. It's not going to be beneficial to my, myself or these teams. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the, the field of dreams is an excellent like comparison. Like we went from zero clubs to 120 in like 10 days. It, it was insane. <laughs> it was just like the, it got to a point where we went to like 30 to 60 in like 24 hours. But um, yeah, I mean that that's exactly hitting the nail on the head there. Uh, th- I really never doubted that, that it wouldn't work. And I really wasn't concerned about it because I didn't put myself out there at all. Uh, but when it really first started and it was just kind of, if this thing fails, it will, it will quietly fade into the long <laughs> list of failed lower league soccer. Accounts that cares about. Yeah. That's a, like the, there's some low risk. Yeah. Yeah. Low, low risk, high reward type of thing. Exactly. I think you're exactly. gonna do well in your in your business career, Joe. Once you get done with this, <laughs> you know it's solid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I appreciate that. I, I not the smartest dude, but like just straight up go for it. Why not? That's right. It's all working out. It all worked out. So no Twitch, no FIFA tournament experience. You said very little FIFA experience in general. What was the learning curve like when it was time to actually uh, start? Oh, I mean, it was, it was massive, like trying to, to figure out Twitch and how the hell it works. Um, so <laughs> it, it was kind of, the, the comparison, I think the best way to put it is like if you're a, a student in a class or, or maybe like uh, someone who goes to like an auto repair shop and the mechanic or uh, somebody at the, the shop is trying to explain to you, you know, how the the advanced technology of a car works and you're just kind of sitting over there nodding your head <laughs> uh, like yep sure sure we had to revise the couple the rules a couple of times just because i had absolutely no idea how to make the rules for this thing um there were definitely a few times where i just felt out of my element but hey we, we figured it out it just got it got better as we went. And, and that's just yeah uh, something, you know, I, I carried over from sports. I think a lot of athletes and just people in general can relate to. I mean, you can start something and have absolutely no clue what you're doing. But if you just focus on getting better every single day, eventually the, the end product will be there and it will be more than worth your time. Nice. So you had to juggle like three different brackets uh, all of that communication to all the players, all the logistics around streaming every match, plus who knows what else uh, that was on your plate. What did your typical day look like during the height of the tournament, especially during this group stage? And really, what was the most challenging thing to tackle did you, uh, throughout it all? Did you have help, or was it all you? No, no. Um, uh, I, I had, other than like a graphic designer, um, which I basically fired, uh because (laughs) because i just got fed up so like it it was pretty much all me this year um and i say that as humbly as i possibly can the the only real reason i was able to pull that off is because it was a pandemic and there was literally nothing else to do 
going, <laughs> yeah, go, going forward into next year, you know, I'm already working, putting a, a staff together um, because it, it's not something I'm going to be able to pull off post pandemic by myself. Uh, and the, the, some people are great and easy to work with, um, like Jonah in Minneapolis city. And some people, uh, just honestly should not have anything to, to do with running a soccer club, but that, that's it. <laughs> We've found, yeah, we, we, found we that know too. that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty common trend through lower league soccer. I found, but, uh, that's, that's a story for a different day. So uh, a typical day I would say was, was, I'm kind of on a weird schedule right now. I'm on like a, a four to five a.m. Uh, head up to bed, wake up around one type of deal. Um, but but I didn't. Most of the work was at night. You can I would just do stuff like confirm games for the next day, uh, and then the operations dealing with any problems that came up, streaming the games, doing graphics on Twitter getting all that information out there that happened really pretty much every night. I think at one point we had 43 days in a row where we had games. Mm -hmm. So, and then, so, and then at the end things kind of slowed down a bit, but it it was definitely a grind and and something that I'm looking forward to having a lot of help on next year. Well, hopefully, (laughs) geez, (laughs) we know a lot about trying to mobilize and organize events. And uh, I can only imagine having to deal with some of the yahoos that we deal with in this world (laughs) to try to to get that off the ground. So for the duration of the tournament, I I think I'm pretty safe to say we were probably the only team that took things beyond the intent, the intention of the, of the participants with our kind of over the topness, which people have either grown to love us for or are super annoyed by. Um, were, were you surprised that some clubs did, did little to nothing? Be, I mean, even though they were in a COVID lockdown where they maybe could have followed our suit and, and put a little more extra effort into it um, to use it as a tool to, to be more relevant with their supporters and their followers. Yeah. I mean, what I'll say to that is that the way the E-Cup is kind of set up, it's, it's kind of, you can make whatever you want to make out of it. Uh, personally doing it like the Minneapolis city way, I, I think that's the best way. It, it also requires a ton of work and effort from multiple people at the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of clubs just didn't want to do anything beyond just hitting retweet a few times, but, but that's cool. I mean, some clubs at the same time too, like uh, for example, your, your friends up at Duluth um, that have really, really serious esports teams that have gone back even before the pandemic. You know, they were in full, um, full kind of hard competition mode, uh, treating it like a real game and, and the way they want to ground things. But I, I definitely would say, with the amount of people that kind of came to me after the tournament and just said that your broadcast in particular was kind of <laughs> something that uh, they could look forward to every week and in a time where there really wasn't a lot to look forward to. I mean, that's, that's the one thing that I'll take away from this tournament and what really made this tournament such a success. Yeah. Well, appreciate that. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> we, we, we did our best. We, we too dipped our toes into some deep water with, uh, with what we, what we were doing for programming and thought like, you know what? What the hell? We're just going to do it our way. And if people like it, they like it. If not, then they can find something else to watch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean like 90% of them liked it. Like I remember turning on the first broadcast and you guys, it just shocked me to hear you guys talking about like prehensile tongue length. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it made no sense. Like the whole thing was new to everyone and it's not like we were going to pretend to be any sort of uh any sort of expert esports commentators, at, and so what the hell? We might as well have fun with it. I will say, like the the random shit that I I saw online, or the random things that I saw on TV that were being broadcast. I think we were probably some of the more entertaining of it, like cornhole tournaments, dull, taking it too seriously. I saw a drone tournament. <laughs> like a drone racing tournament on t- on TV, but it was all virtual. So it was just these kids wearing their VR headsets and their controllers and like two really weird, creepy guys talking about these high school kids 
yeah uh, that was on like that was on like <laughs> fs1 or something that was that was really bizarre but anyway so i think you know anything we can do to kind of elevate the uh elevate i guess well i don't know decrease the seriousness and kind of elevate the entertainment value felt pretty good to me yeah it felt yeah, pretty totally. good <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'd even go as far as to say you're better than most of those announcers i mean trying to commentate fifa is so hard if impossible. you're just focused it, it's impossible like and we were on we were on such a like a lag and and everyone knows when you when you log into twitch sometimes right next to your buddy who's also watching something like you're you might not be at the same second in the stream uh very di- very difficult to actually seriously commentate on it but i yeah thanks thanks for the compliment. Our producer tyler gets pretty much 90 percent of the credit he 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 did pretty much everything, and all we did was just write up a bunch of jackassery to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tyler crushed it. Tyler definitely crushed it. Uh, so we were focused throughout the whole thing on one guy and one guy only, Jonah Garcia, and uh, and our shenanigans. But this was a huge tournament. What, Joe? What are some of the narratives? And you were watching a lot of it. You probably had to watch most of it. Um, at least out of the corner of your eye, what are some of the narratives across this tournament that really do deserve some attention that we didn't have the ability to, to give? Yeah. Yeah. There, there are a, a ton and, and a lot that I can't, and a lot of that I'm forgetting too. I mean, we had 153 entries. Um, some teams even doubled up on players. So it was a little under 200 players, 120 clubs from 26 leagues. Um, there were some some great stories, some great runs. Uh, one thing that comes to mind is Providence City uh, on, on PS4. They had finished third in their group. And if we hadn't, if we had gone with 32 instead of 48 in the knockout stage, uh, they wouldn't have even made the knockout stage. And they ended up making a run all the way to the final. Oh, nice. Um, which that yeah they were they were basically a, a an eight or a nine seed in the NCAA tournament and made her on all the way to the championship game, um, but Sick. we love those dudes yeah yeah awesome club awesome club, uh, but yeah yeah I mean not anything I would say that stands out in particular um, again it was like six weeks ago there were six hundred <laughs> FIFA games I kind of at, at one point hard to digest yeah, at one point it kind of all looks the same <laughs> to you. But I, I would say the highlight of the tournament was definitely um, the Minneapolis City Oli Town final. Uh, yeah, I think to have a little under 200 people, 200 unique viewers tune into a FIFA game, like that's insane. Like yeah. that's better. Uh, one of our supporters sent me a picture um, of an EMOS tournament, and our game had more viewers than the championship game of that EMLS tournament. No way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it was like the play in playoff qualifier final, but it like, that's still, that's still insanely impressive. You're, you're, really- yeah. I mean, our, my thought was like, you know, we'd only been doing that for a couple, for a few weeks. It's not like you were an established esports brand or, or a channel that people have been watching for, you know, for a couple years on Twitch. So we, we could get what we could get, but that's amazing to get more than, than MLS. Here's another episode. shocking stat. <clears throat> that final was, was viewed by more people than three of the other teams in our division, their actual soccer games combined last season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you I've... mean like in person? Yes. <laughs> then the number of people that showed up in person of those games. Yes. We, I, we, we went back and looked at the attendance numbers that were given <clears throat> that's that's harsh and a little little bit a little bit too much effort to rub salt in the wounds of some of these I mean, some of these clubs. I mean, we're in a pandemic, man. You got to keep yourself occupied. <laughs> yeah. So, yep, is there yep. is there truth behind the fact that people were actually protesting and taking it that serious, and they should probably just get a real life? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there there was there were two protests, um, and then what <laughs> yeah, what. One, I think you guys know very well. Um, again, it was your friends up, your NPSL <laughs> North Conference uh, rivals at Duluth. Uh, don't want to go too far into it, but I will say that the, the Twitterverse really stepped up its game on that one. Uh, essentially what happened is that Duluth came into the round of 32 undefeated 
with an esports player that a lot of people were mad about um, him being in the competition in the first place, and that kind of fueled some of the protests at the end. So, uh, what what was the problem with him being in it? Uh, Just too good. He he. Apparently not. <laughs> we have we have very loose standards on what you have to do. Uh, we try to avoid becoming like a straight up professional FIFA tournament yeah. with like yeah. guy. We want you know first team players. We want supporters and staff Coaches, playing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had been brought in. I I think the team that brought it to my attention said he was from Mankato, Mankato. Yeah, Mankato. Um, okay. Not not sure how close that is to Duluth, and it's he was, not. <laughs> yeah. So so that's that's where the whole um, controversy came in with him being in the first place, and uh, they didn't break any rules. That you're totally allowed to do that. Right. I mean, especially mm-hmm. with the rise in esports. Like, if he's a club esports player, and they they have a club esports team going all the way back to 2017. Mm-hmm. So uh, especially. You know, it's not necessarily um, encouraged to just find a guy off the street, which is not what they did. They had a, a relationship with this player, but but not. I, I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole there and, and say something I'm going to regret saying. <laughs> we do yeah, that. Cool. We do that once a week. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the the protest. Um, they they had thought that maybe uh, the Greens Point player had had adjusted the settings. Um, I kind of, so after Greens Point pulled the upset in extra time, they filed an official protest, uh, after a quick review, they, they kind of just withdrew it quietly and, and everybody moved on. But, um, the, by that time, the, the damage by the Twitterverse that, that had been done. So <laughs> were you just like, seriously, guys, I'm an 18 year old soon to be college kid and you're taking it this serious. <clears throat> uh i i mean look uh, i designed the e-cup to kind of make it like whatever they wanted it to be um if if their thing is going to be to make it you know an extension of their competitive esports program like go ahead i don't have any power to stop you right um and and what i'll say is that a lot of those teams who went that route um they don't find a lot of success going deep into the tournament because they run into guys like Jonah guys who are, who are around the game. There's not really a gap between those guys and um, first team players that have been playing FIFA for the last 12 years too, and, and have mm-hmm. the soccer background that they can kind of build off of and, and right. make it a, a mix of just the way that the meta works with competitive FIFA and you know bring that gamer experience too um, there it is I, again the meta yeah. all about the meta man <laughs> <laughs> well the interesting thing is that is that there's controversy within our own club that jonah isn't even the best fifa player in our club <clears throat> we actually have That's a true. we have a ps a ps player who uh one of our, our captain max seaguart who is ranked even higher in the weekend league than jonah is so once covid fully lifts we're gonna we're gonna settle that but hopefully we can get max into one of your tournaments and see how he does yeah max um he actually reached out to me about, about playing and when we started out well basically the rule is you could only have one supporter um you could only have one entry per club and the, the supporters group had already entered right, um, right. oh so we kind of we kind of let them run with it especially since jonah had already signed up but mm-hmm. I think we'll probably let, you know, one entry from a supporter and one entry from a player. It, it gets more people involved, and I'd love to have them in a future tournament and see if we get a city double going. No, that'd be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, so it, it's safe to say this tournament was totally a success, um, and you know it when you get imitators, you get trolls trying to trying to ride your coattails. Uh do you have the do you feel like you have a brand now and you plan to keep churning out content like what's next for you yeah yeah so so we're trying to um to build off that brand i mean the really difficult part is that it's such a short amount of time to like basically our entire year and content has to be based around four weeks in the middle of the winter going forward so we're creating some i'm creating i launched something called the summer series which is basically four tournaments that are going to be held 
once a month from July through October. And it's really the idea of, Hey, if you're available on a, and they're all one night tournaments with the idea of, mm-hmm. Hey, if you're available, you're staying home, you're staying inside because COVID or whatever, like, and you just want to play a little extra casual FIFA, like we'll make it work. We'll, we'll host a few tournaments. Um, we've broken it down into kind of an A and a B division too. So you're not getting games that are like eight, nothing, nine, nothing. Really just, oh, that's cool. really just a fun, casual way to, to keep people involved with the brand uh, and keep some of that momentum going into 2021 without necessarily the long-term commitment that a lot of e-leagues require you to have. Sure. Right. Uh, what do you think about – so are you, you're not really a FIFA, FIFA guy at all. Like you, you're not. You're probably sick of it by now. You've got. <laughs> yeah. Is it something you've got? You've gotten into because of the tournament, or something you picked up a controller and started started checking out, uh, or is this just like, yeah, it's just something cool to to watch or at least to organize around. I, I mean, I had FIFA. I just I'm not like an. I I consider myself an an average, maybe even slightly above average FIFA player. Uh, I'm not an ultimate team guy though. Like if I oh. play if I play ultimate team, like I'll get smacked by some top one hundred <laughs> FIFA player who, who spends thousands and thousands of dollars on the game. Uh, I'm in the same boat as you, man. Like I play a lot of career mode. Like I love picking the Forest Green Rovers out of you know England fourth, fifth division or whatever, and and taking them to the Premier League. That's the that's the and, move. Like. Yeah, like that's that's what's interesting, right? You get your scouting together, you get the you, you get the 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 youth academy, yeah. pumping out good dudes, and and it's like when you make the switch over to to ultimate team, you just feel like garbage. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like you can go, you can be playing like world class uh, seasons mode, you know, taking yeah. taking your league two side all the way up to the prem, and then you switch over to to foot, and all of a sudden you're losing like six nothing in the first half. Why am I so bad? See, I'm, <laughs> see, I'm a, I'm an. It makes me really mad. <laughs> I'm an OG FIFA guy, so I've been playing it since '94, and I, I love the mini games. Like I can sit down, and you know I have two kids, so I can. I have my kids go to bed. I can sit down <laughs> and play mini games for like five hours, and then not even like dive into a game. Like I want to hit, I want to hit as many points as I can with the long ball into trash cans. I want to do like the passing sequences. And for some reason I must be like the, the only outlier in the world that, that likes to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'll tell you what, John, you probably are. I mean, I love it. Like if they would just sell that, I'd buy that. Hey, I'll admit I'll do that. Like before the game mode launches and I will not stop until I get like that a plus rating. Like exactly. it's just satisfying. It you can do it. It's all satisfying. Night. And I believe it was, it was uh, maybe it was fit four. It was either, it was between 14 and 16 where they had the most robust ones where you could play a whole bunch of different ones where now they, they give you like the standard ones. So you learn the gameplay and then in between, while the game screens loading, they throw in other ones that are super fun. And then, but then you're like, well, I'm in my career mode. I don't want to dip out of this to go play the career mode now because i'm in i'm in here so they need to they need to do some work on that if you're listening fifa which you probably are i have to ask you if you're an you probably are if you're an og fifa guy the one complaint that i kept hearing from some of our more serious gamers is that fifa 20 is the worst fifa game ever as someone who's played FIFA for the last 25 years <laughs> is FIFA 20 the worst ever FIFA? Oh, this is a great question. It's almost it's almost like you're reading our script for our next segment of the show here. Um, I but I, I <laughs> uh, so no, it's not the worst. The worst was 2001 when uh, when they made the shift from PS PS to PS2. That first PS2 game was fucking terrible, and and like uh, the, and Julie Foudy was the announcer on it, um, and uh, I want to say it was that's Ju- weird. It was Julie Foudy and somebody else, and it was this. It, it ter- the announcing was terrible. The gameplay was terrible. They had an indoor soccer mode, and the indoor soccer mode was like totally broken. Where like you take a shot and it would go through the wall. 
and you never get the ball back, so you have to restart the game. So, no, FIFA, FIFA 20 is not the worst game. It's the worst game for a player who isn't a soccer player. All right, all right, that's fair. What's what I got it? What's this? What's this indoor soccer mode? Is it just Volta? No, it was like what, it was like the... five aside indoor soccer. Oh, okay, I got you. We actually had a team, uh, the Florida Tropics. Yeah, who exactly. Went they went they went four. They were undefeated in the group stage. Uh, they Small World Soccer. Danny at over over at Small World was adamant. That mini that Jonah was gonna lose to him in the round of sixteen, and that dude showed up. I don't know if he was just like hammered or something, but he showed up and lost like fourteen to two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like we a- had, John. Weren't you watching that? weren't you Weren't you watching that bracketology episode that he was doing? And you were just like, "What a fucking insult, this guy!" Yeah. Was trolling that oh yeah, guy. I was trolling too because then because he because he picked uh, he he did he was doing his bracket breakdown. And then ours popped up, and he's like, and and next to move on is Jonah Garcia from Minneapolis. And he, and he looked down, wasn't looked down. And then he's like, but wait a second, this is my upset pick. <laughs> and, and I never <laughs> let him live it down. But no, the indoor soccer game was like five aside, Florida Tropics, like where I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. We had the Dayton Dynamo. And it was just, it was weird. It was bizarre. I, I think they just kind of phoned it in because they, PS2 launched and then they didn't have a ton of games yet. And I think they just like forced the game in and they weren't ready for it. But then 2002 through 2006 was, I think my sweet spot where there was a lot of cool different modes you could play. And then they also had the mode where you could listen to um, the soundtrack while you were playing versus listening to the commentary, which I thought was a cool option because they don't, they don't have anymore. So, I mean, I could talk about FIFA versions all day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Joe. So we have uh, we've had a lot of we play a lot of games on the show with our guests over the last four years. Uh, the newest game is one that we call Ask John Anything, and this one this one is especially brutal if you know John really well. But <laughs> we've never really had anyone who doesn't know John at all. Well, Jim, Jimmy Conrad. <laughs> oh yeah, I suppose Jimmy Conrad, right? So you the way this game goes is you can ask John two questions about anything. It could be soccer related. It could be something like which one of his kids he loves more um and if john answers both of them truthfully well he, he has to answer them truthfully and if he answers them both the game is over um but if he if you force him to plead the fifth and uh and pass on any one of the questions he will have to answer uh your next one so the trick is here i guess is to hit him with a brutal question out of the gate and see if he'll answer it uh and then have a even more devastating question waiting in the wing <laughs> It has yet to happen. Oh, that that's that's brutal. <laughs> I mean, I've I, I've absolutely no idea what to ask him. Well, you just <laughs> asked me a really good one. Like, yeah, I know. Well, well, here's the where the where the line is here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, the the one thing I want to hear about because I heard this this story through someone is um. What what was I, I this isn't as much of a, a hard question, it's just something I'm interested in for no particular reason. And uh what was getting a bag of piss thrown at you? Like? <laughs> uh well um, uh probably as much as you can imagine. Um, yeah. uh, no, I was just I was warming up on the sidelines. I uh, <clears throat> I had come off of an injury and I, I was in a really good run of form and I hurt my back in training. So I, I had a, a week and a half spell where we, we, we had, we, we typically had a game per week, but for some reason we didn't have one. So I didn't have to worry about like get, losing my spot, but I just couldn't train very much. And then I, I, I finally felt like I was going back. I felt I had a good, a good couple training sessions leading up to the game. And then we go play against a rival and my teammates were basically just saying like, Hey, these guys are no joke. Like they, like if you're warming up, they're going to like rip into you you know, like they, they're just unruly fans and they're like separated by like 15 to 20 foot barbed wire fence. And like, they're just raucous. So I, I get my, I get my name called to go warm up. It's what was like, the, what was the team? You said it was, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm warming up and I get my number called. I go to warm up with like our fitness guy. And I, I remember I, I took my jacket off because we were starting to get like a little more intense in the workout. I took my jacket off. And as soon as I pulled it over my shoulders, just like square in the back, 
like something hit me and I, I thought it was someone patting me on the back like you know like go get him like Great job. Yeah, whatever <laughs> and I and then I and then I'm all of a sudden I feel like I'm wet and I was like oh did someone like joke around like pour a glass of water on me or something and I look behind me and there's no one around me and then I, I just kind of look up in the stands and there's a group of like 10 people like screaming at me and like pointing at me and I look down and I was like I see like a Ziploc bag I'm like what the fuck is this and then I picked the bag up and it smelled like piss. And I was like, did I li- just get hit by a bag of someone's urine? And uh, then I'm warming up. Like, I, I, I can't, like, let it get to me. But then I'm warming up and I'm thinking to myself, like, did they bring the bag in and pee in it? Or did they pee in the bag and then bring the pee in? Like, what was this person thinking? And then I'm thinking, like, if they're going to throw pee at me, like, what about if I'm on the field and I do something? Like, are they going to throw something, like, different? Like, is shit what's coming next? Like, what, what's the – where do you level up from a bag of piss? So, yeah, that was that was it, man. And then I, I went in, made a huge mistake because I was all, like, all, like, thinking – Pissed up? Yeah, I was all pissed up. I just made a huge <laughs> mistake. And then, I, and then I was dropped from the team for, like, three weeks after that. So, yeah. All right. Kids, don't get hit with a bag of piss. It ruins it ruins part of your career. Damn. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, who's who's the worst player at Minneapolis City? The worst player, like yeah. ever, or like no, <laughs> like current 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 <laughs> roster worst worst current player. Minneapolis City worst player. Um, <clears throat> Oh, I, I'm, I'm kind of going through everybody. We're clearly not playing right now, so I could say that there's no worst player right now. Um, I, I'm, I don't. There, there's no real answer to that because our guy. We don't have a worst player. Um, mm. But if there's someone that I, mm. if there's someone that I could, that I could <laughs> drop, um, I would probably say that it's. Um, I'm thinking. I want to answer the question. I don't have a reason not to answer it. I just have. It's gonna take me a while to think of the player. Um, if I say that you stumped me, do you have another one loaded just so I can answer a question? Because I'm, I'm thinking oh. through it. Like I, I, I'm not. I'm not stumped because I won't answer it. I just can't think of the right person. Well, th- this question, I I expect you do not to answer it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just, <laughs> I didn't think you I didn't even think you dare to answer that. Question. Well, yeah, I would entertain um, it. I'm honest. Um, my my whole my whole plan, having absolutely no idea who you were, was to ask about the piss, <laughs> uh, stump you once, and then use that time to try and come up with a question. <laughs> it was a good plan, uh, and that's and it, it it worked, except the fact that. I still am struggling to come up with this last question. God dang it. Uh, I, well, how about this? We'll do a race against time. I, I will, I will think of, I'll keep thinking of a player while you maybe think of another question. Yeah. I might, I might have to get like a, a Google search on John Bisley. <laughs> um, so I, I honestly, I, we don't have a worst player, but there's definitely people that I would drop in certain scenarios. Um, I think that, um, gosh, man, who will, I, I know I'm trying to, I'm not trying to be democratic here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to really think through it. Um, you know, here, here's, here's kind of an easy out. So can I select two players? Yeah, go, go on. <laughs> so <laughs> throw two under the bus. <laughs> at any given time, in theory, because through all my playing days, I was never a goalkeeper. It through at any given time, everyone thinks that their goalkeeper is the worst person on the field because they're the last line to save the ass of everybody who made a mistake in front of them. So I would say that dependent dependent on the time, I would say that I would drop either Matt Elder or Troy Lewagi, depending on how they're playing, because I'm a field player and I always blame the goalie for everything that goes wrong. Wow. Yeah, it's always the goal. Yeah. Fault, right? Even even yeah. though I, I admit they will save your ass, but they, they're the first ones for me to drop because I'm a field player and I, I feel like I never make mistakes. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I respect for even a, attempting that question. So <laughs> I didn't, I, I did not, I did not expect you to answer that question. Well, so. here's the thing. They're also two of the largest individuals on our team and they could, they could, they could rip me up pretty quick. So <laughs> uh, like I said, we don't have any weak links, but we have guys that are at fault as the last line of defense. I'm blaming the goalies. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. It's always the goal. Right, fault. 100%. Well, Joe, thank you so much for being with us this week. We're really pleased to be part of our uh, part of our show. We were more than pleased with your project that you put together. You know, learning more about how it started, it's even more impressive. And we look forward to participating in, in any of it, any of the things you're doing moving forward. And uh, like I said before, I think once you get done with uh, your four years of college, I think you're a bright guy. You're gonna have, you're gonna do well in anything uh, you put you put your, uh, your 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 stamp on. Hey hey, appreciate it. Loved being on. I mean, you guys did a phenomenal job uh, with with your production and, and what that turned into. Yeah, I mean, it, it was fun. All right. Well, we'll we'll awesome. have to we'll have to, re- Thanks a lot, Joe. we'll have to reboot uh, having you come on once uh, once your next project. Though. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See you guys in 2021. I guess <laughs> yeah, for real. Have a good one. See you, Joe. That is all for this week's show, folks. Thanks as always to our show sponsor, Summit Brewing Company. It finally feels like summertime. It's hot. It's sticky. It's sunny. What better way to beat the heat than a can of ice cold beer? Well, our pals at Summit have something for all taste buds that pairs well with whatever situation you're getting yourself into, which nowadays is probably just in your backyard with your feet in the kiddie pool. Um, so get on out to your store that's still open and fill your fridge up with some goodness. Summit, a more meaningful brew since 1986. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give to the club that loves to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. As well as our newly formed Futures Program Scholarship Fund, consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. Do you have anything you want us to cover? Any guests like Joe that you want us to have on? Send us mail. It's easy. Hit us up on Twitter at the People's Pitch or through email, mcscpodcast at gmail.com. And if calling is more of your speed and you want to hear your voice live on the show, hit up your our show hotline at 612-460-5683. That's 612-460-5683. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit up the club and complain to them at SC. So that does it for this week. I am John. That was Joe Mayer. The lower league E Cup founding founder and president, I guess you could, I guess we call it. And of course, that was Nate. So until next time, friends, we got hooped. Hooped. Poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor league. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I could staple steez, bend the gold so I get the cheese. Never fall, rake them leaves and make sure every moment gets seized and everything I see.